So I'm going to talk just a little shit. And face if I'm going to face repercussions later, that's fine. I don't care. Okay. I'm going to tell you about my first impression of the new person at work. Okay. Um, (laughs) And the awkward situation. (laughs) That's a spoiler. So I get there bright and early in the morning and she's already outside the office waiting. Okay. To come in. Sure. And in the morning, I'm a slow starter. Yeah, you are. And I can't be... You can't shock me too much. Yeah. Or else I'll be jarred and, like, it'll throw off my whole day. Mm-hmm. And I was... My whole day was thrown off. But... Rude. We get in there, and she's a chit-chatter. Chatterbox. Mm. She starts talking to me, and she's really excited. She's like, yeah, me and my wife are empty nesters now, and it's great. Like, blah, blah, blah. And I was catching on to... What I was catching on to was I should ask about her son, who's now... Because she's an empty nester now. Exactly. And I yeah. was like, oh, that's really cool. Where's your son now? Mm-hmm. Prison. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's 8 a.m. <laughs> she just dropped that bomb on me, a stranger. Oh, no. And her tone changed. It was like, yeah, we're empty nesters. Prison. <laughs> and I didn't know what to do. Like, I didn't know. Like, I can't say, like... Well, at least you have the house to yourself. Now, I didn't right? know what to do, so I what didn't What do you say to that? Didn't oh say a gosh. thing. And now, this sets a repertoire between us. I'm awkward as fuck, because <laughs> I don't know what to do. Yeah. And then she, like, to change the subject or break the tension or whatever, she's like, oh, how'd you get here? And I was like, oh, I took the bus. I take the bus a lot. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, we can, we can um carpool. Like, that's fine. Totally. Mm-hmm. I've known this woman for five minutes, <laughs> and she's telling me to get into her car distrust stranger danger stranger yeah i don't trust that at all no red flags and then the rest of the day went by and it was real tense for me and i just couldn't shake the prison thing and then halfway (laughs) through day two she was fired so really the universe was looking out for me (laughs) oh gosh that was my week that was my later week (laughs) that's bananas yeah Nothing happened to me this week. I just worked a shit ton. <laughs> busy? Yeah. Yeah. Really busy. Hence the sleepy, mm-hmm. not, no bra. I haven't done. I rolled out of bed and I came in here. <laughs> and then you brought Starbucks. <laughs> and this is where we're at. Good. Yeah. We did I've... go have tacos nice. um, and conversation. Stella? With Tyler last night. Yeah. Stella Taco. That was fun. And then I came home and for like mm, 15 or 20 minutes, I was like, I have the most energy. Let's do this. And then I laid in the bed to contemplate doing someone different for this week Mm -hmm. and fell asleep on my phone like three times. And I was finally like, nope, (laughs) going to bed. (laughs) Sounds good. Yeah. You know, real uh Sorry, I made you wake up early today. No, that's cool. We're gonna we're gonna bang it out, and then <laughs> that's awkward. Sorry, I'll look you in the eyes as we say we're gonna bang it out. Uh, we're gonna get this done, and mm-hmm. then you're very busy today. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be busy running around doing last minute Christmas stuff. Yeah, even though I think this comes out. New Year's. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> oh, that's literally today. That's, yeah. Oh, Happy New Year's, everybody. Yeah. In the time-space continu- continuum, we are on the second day 
of Harry Styles's <gasps> yes. Fine Line album being released. Mm-hmm. So you have some thoughts. Yes. Because of course you do. And you accosted Danny last night. Because <laughs> everybody knows that I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I do everything just a week or so too late. <laughs> Danny so- gave me an inch and I was like, a mile. No. <laughs> exactly. So you accosted her last night and was like, I've done a review. <laughs> Do it. Go listen to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Write some things down. We need to discuss. Yes. She didn't because she was editing, but. I understand. You have you have a whole fucking notebook of things to say, <laughs> it's apparently. Just a f- it's just a few pages. Oh, okay. I went track by track. Gorgeous. I was not sober. Yes. You knew that. Uh-huh. But I will never say. No. If I'm drunk or high on, on air. Absolutely. I just wasn't sober. And that's all the people can know. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read two of my reviews, and then the rest will be posted on our Patreon. That's right. Which has been up for a few weeks now. Yes. When we're recording this right now, mm-hmm. we have five patrons, mm-hmm. which are Zeth. Hello, Zeth. Hello, Zeth. Thank you so much. Fern. Hey, Fern. Hey, Fern. Bridget. Hello, Bridget. Fucking Bridget. What a gift. <laughs> Levi. Hello, thank you. Hello, Sweet thank baby you. angel. Also a gift. <laughs> You're all gifts. And Maddie, who... My friend Madison? Your friend Madison, who I spelled her name wrong. And <laughs> I got a message after I sent her, like, a thank you. Mm-hmm. And she goes, if this is Kiana, we're not friends anymore, because that's not how you spell my name. <laughs> But she spelt my name wrong. <laughs> she was like, if this is Cassie or Danny, hi. <laughs> and so I sent her a message back and was like, it's Cassie. And I spelled it the right way. Mm-hmm. I was like, so I guess we're even now. <laughs> so, Maddie, sorry for spelling your name wrong. You and Keeks can still be friends. <laughs> Thank you. No problem. Thank you, Madison. For being and my thank friend. you to our patrons. And because we record out like beforehand Mm -hmm. so when this actually comes out we probably have a bunch more patrons we will thank you later because of when we're like recording and stuff but thank you to everyone who is supporting us we really appreciate it this Mm -hmm. is very exciting for all of us yes it is so you guys are the shit okay back to the harry styles review oh yes so i'm gonna read two we haven't introduced ourselves. <laughs> Let's do oh, that first. Hi, we're that broad Scott Moxie. Hey, that's Cassie over there. That's Kiana. I'm Kiana. Danny's here. She just yelled at us to introduce ourselves because <laughs> we're ten minutes in and haven't exactly. said our name. Nobody knows who we are. <laughs> okay, now that that's done, mm-hmm. please tell me what your thoughts were. Okay, so I'm going to review track eight, which is called "She." Okay. And then track 10, which is Canyon Moon. Yes, I asked you to do that one because I like the name of it. So, I'll begin. And these are, this is not like an eloquent review at all. This is just sentences as I was listening to it. Much like the Hozier experience. Yes, exactly. Okay. So, she. Jazz, bitch. Smoke in the bar with blue lights. French depression. Sexy at a cafe in in a bar smoking. (laughs) Falsetto, okay, who is she? (laughs) Blues, dark blue, the blue right before the sunrise. Ooh. This voice, I cannot do this. (laughs) Goddesses and gods, Hera, spiteful. Oh. Falsetto, I cannot, who is she? (laughs) 
This is like a poem. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I write slam poetry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, these background voices are it. Quick crescendo. And then three of those Pac-Man signs. Sure. <laughs> this crescendo is- signs. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's Fuck exactly me. it. This is going to be so good in concert. Music break is what I need on at all times. Speechless. No more words can describe what is happening. Vibrating. And then I go on to describe it. Vibrating. <laughs> Chilling. Sharp. Deep. A twinge. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> that was she. Uh, look, I'm sweating. Yeah. And that sounds like a great song. <laughs> it's a fantastic song. It's oh, a I'm stoked. And he wrote it. Him and his bandmates wrote it. On mm-hmm. shrooms. So it's just like fun and psychedelic. Ooh. And you get it. Okay. 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 <laughs> track 10, Canyon Moon. Mm-hmm. First word, Shrek. <laughs> what? <laughs> fun adventure with new friends. <laughs> and then a conversation, donkey. Shrek, what's that big one over there? <laughs> Shrek, that would be the moon, donkey. <laughs> Scottish accent, rainy and warm. Rainbows, whistling, outdoor school, campfire, hot, wet American summer, quote, let's meet back here in 10 years. <laughs> the first summer back from college, seeing high school friends. That's that one. Interesting. Okay. So, check out that album. A lot of variety just in those two songs. They're very different ends of the spectrum. It's very much like Beatles. Ooh, like I psychedelic like Beatles, and then there's like mm-hmm. one like gospely track, which you may have heard if you listened to what I sent you. Ugh. Treat people with kindness. Sorry, I'm garbage yeah. trash. I haven't listened to either of them. I sent that to you because I wanted you to have a good day, and you spit in my face like this. It was a very <laughs> long day. Everybody can suck it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm garbage trash. It's okay. I forgive you. Just listen to it tonight. Yeah. Well, that's a- that's an order. <laughs> yeah. I got an eyebrow raise and a. I'm not getting paid. We're not this isn't around. an ad. <laughs> <laughs> this is just my passion. It has nothing to do with that. We're problem. just got Moxie. <laughs> no, Candace is really forcing us into this like obsession. Listen, there's a microphone Which in Danny front of me, is- and I get to talk. Danny is on board with it. I'm getting there, but Danny is much more like. Oh, we're supposed to do this. I was like, I mean, we'll get there. It's cool. You'll arrive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will. And then it'll be a problem, probably. Good. <laughs> I messaged who I was going to do today to Danny and then was listening to Fine Line, as mm-hmm. you do, and then was like, Danny, can I just do Harry Styles? Can we make an exception and I'll just talk about Harry Styles for an hour? <laughs> <laughs> Four hours, yeah. actually. You give me a microphone and you tell me to talk about something and I'm just going to do what I want. You're really <laughs> just going to jump in. I'm just going to run away with this. But that being said, you, we should stop me talking about Harry Styles or I'll okay. keep going. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So it's episode, what did we decide? 48? Mm-hmm. Shit. So we're two away from episode 50, mm-hmm. which is bananas. Mm-hmm. And then there's a couple weeks after that. Because we dropped three episodes at once, so they don't perfectly line up with our, like, year. One year or whatever, but that's coming up. Got a lot of milestones coming up. Yeah. This is wild. I can't believe we've been doing this for almost a year. Like, at this time last year, 
we were like, maybe we could do, that might be kind of fun. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should have a podcast. And then, yeah, and then boom. Yeah. We started in February or Yeah, I think our first episodes came out in February. Okay. But we spent all, all January... Yeah, like prepping, coming up with a fucking name, <laughs> but not that setting took us a long time. <laughs> but we weren't setting up a Patreon. We sure weren't. We <laughs> but we're here. We're doing this. All right. So, Cassie's starting us off today. I'm going first because it's episode forty-eight. So today, and please forgive me, everyone. I just woke up. I'm a little. I haven't done anything, but I'm. We're getting there. But today, I'm doing Selena. Oh. hmm Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get why you say it's yeah. sad. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, I don't know. Should I? Shouldn't I? It's kind of not great. Mm-hmm. But she... I love her. She's amazing. She's incredible. Yeah. And when we were at Thanksgiving at, at the Alamo, mm-hmm. we're talking to Sulema, mm-hmm. and she was like, I really, really want you to talk about Selena. And so I was like, I got you, girl. <laughs> so. Oh, this is going to be so good. Yeah. Here we go. So I'm going to say this probably wrong, but Selena Keen. Quintanilla? Danny told me how to pronounce that. Selena Quintanilla was born. (laughs) I'm not the authority on that. No, me neither. In Lake Jackson, Texas, on April 16th, 1971. She's an Aries. She is an Aries. Mm -hmm. Day after my birthday. That's right. Let me make this about me real quick. (laughs) Her parents, Marcella and Abraham, had three children. Um, Suzette, Abraham Jr., and Selena was the youngest. At an early age, Selena developed a love for music. So this is just a little side note, like background. So in the 50s and 60s, her father Abraham had been in a band that played like early rock and roll songs mixed with traditional like Mexican music. And so this music later was called Tejano music. And it would become very, very popular throughout the Southwest United States and Mexico. He eventually left his music career to start his family. So that's where we're back at right now. So Selena loved to sing and dance. And her father saw potential in her. was like, well, I like to sing. (laughs) I've already been in this business. Like, maybe we should, like, make a revival. Like, let's do this. Thus began her successful, albeit short, time in the spotlight. In 1980, Selena's father opened a restaurant. The Quintanilla family band called Selena y los Dinos, which is Selena and the Boys. (laughs) I did know that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They would play there on weekends and then would play at, like, weddings and quinceañeras and other parties and stuff. Which just sounds really cute. Yeah. <laughs> like, How old was she at this point? Um, she was nine. Oh. Yeah. So just little <laughs> Selena just singing her songs and her like 
her, I think her sister Suzette plays the drums mm-hmm. and her brother plays the guitar. And I just, it just seems really, really sweet and innocent and just like, you guys just really love this. Yeah. Her father wrote original Spanish language songs for the band to perform. Since Selena's first language was English, she had to learn the words to these Spanish songs syllable by syllable. So a lot of the time, she didn't even know what she was saying. (laughs) She was like, okay, I'm just going to repeat this back. Mm -hmm. And I know how it's supposed to sound. Mm -hmm. Don't really know what I'm saying. Yeah. Which I think is funny. (laughs) Her father believed that she should sing music related to her heritage. And as a way to connect to their, um, you know, already their community. The band had many local fans, but um, unfortunately the business, like their family restaurant, did not do very well. So they ended up closing the restaurant and moved to Corpus Christi, which is very, very south. Hmm. Very south in Texas. Texas. Selena and her family lived out of the family van, (laughs) which was not actually a van, but it was a, like, refurbished High school bus? Like, oh, like school nice. bus? Yeah. <laughs> Her name was Big Bertha. Oh, hello, Bertha. <laughs> hello. <laughs> um, and so they took Bertha all over and traveled and performed all over Texas. They took every, like, every single gig they were offered. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, backyard barbecue? We're there. <laughs> Anything to, like, get our name out there and, mm-hmm. like, just try to make it happen. Yeah. They were really fucking like took it took it from bare bones and were to like beyond. Okay. They were getting in front of as many faces as they exactly. possibly could. Exactly. That's cool. This is a quote from Selena from an interview that she did. I said, quote, If we got ten people in one place, that was great. We ate a lot of hamburgers and shared everything. I lost a lot of my teenage period. But I got a lot out of it, too. I was more mature. So during these touring times, Selena missed out on a lot of school, which that I think with a lot of young musicians and young talent of whatever kind, Mm -hmm. that's a thing that happens. So eventually she stopped going all together in eighth grade. But... To keep up with her education, she took courses through the American School, which is like I would say an online thing, but it was mm-hmm. like a mail through it's the like mail. a remote location. Kind yeah, of. yeah, and not. Bef- it was online school before internet. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that was the best way to say that. Thanks. <laughs> so she did that, and then she earned her GED in 1989. Oh, nice. So throughout this whole time, she's just. She's touring, she's singing, learning Spanish, but also still, you know, staying on top of her education and stuff. Selena and the Boys, or Selena y los Dinos, was gaining recognition and decided to take their band to the next level and record an album. Mm. So her first album, oh boy, I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> Neither. Give it to Danny. Okay, Give that's it. a good idea. Mis Primeras Grabaciones. Good job. Thank you. That's what Danny said. Sounds right to me. Okay. <laughs> a person who knows nothing. 
<laughs> I don't know what it means either. God, I'm trash. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> so that was their first album. It came out in 1984, but it did not sell super well. Neither did the next several. What? It means my first recording. Oh, it oh, literally means my first recording. That's so cute. That's so cute. <laughs> It means my first recording. Did you say that? Thank you. No, that's great. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's adorable. I love that her that first is... recording is actually called my first recording. Wow. How precious. <laughs> that's so sweet because let's, she's 13 at this time. Mm-hmm. She's 13 when this first record came out. So. I wasn't doing that at 13. Fuck me neither. <laughs> I wasn't doing shit at 13. I was terrorizing my mother at 13. <laughs> I don't even remember 13. Which is sad. Yeah, because that was 10 years ten ago. Years ago. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Holy moly. So, her, my first recording mm-hmm. in 1984 didn't do great. Neither did the next several LPs. Like, they weren't big, huge. But, nevertheless, she continued living in the tour bus, touring around with her family, and Selena and the boys continued opening for larger Tejano bands. Oh, okay. So they're, they're still doing, it. yes, they're still doing these little gigs wherever they can, but they're also opening for larger acts at like state fairs and other, you know, like cultural events and things like that. Um, <laughs> sorry. Okay. <laughs> They adapted their musical styles for different audiences. So, like, they would play, like, rhythm and blues-based music mm-hmm. in, like, larger cities. And for real small, small occasions, they would kind of tweak it a little bit. So they would like it more. They were really fluid about, like, playing to their audience. Which they I think f- is really interesting. They were for the people. That's right. So they're doing, you know, they're doing all these different acts. But... They would often be turned down because Selena was a young woman mm-hmm. singing in this style of music that's very traditionally, like, male-driven. Not a lot of females in the, like, Tejano yeah. music genre. Boo. Mm-hmm. Let her speak. Exactly. Also, because she didn't... She could sing Spanish, but she couldn't speak Spanish very well. Mm-hmm. So that was a whole other... They were like... You're kind of a poser, don't you think? Yeah. You 13-year-old girl. <laughs> Jackasses. <laughs> but things started to change for Selena because in 1987, she won Female Vocalist of the Year at the Tejano Music Awards. She would then go on to win this award again for the next eight years in a row. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Gracious. <laughs> yeah. So for almost a decade, they were like... And the winner is, and the winner is Selena every time. After like year three, if you were in that category with her, wouldn't you just like give up? Uh, you'd think. <laughs> you'd just be like, yeah, great. It's an honor to be nominated or whatever. <laughs> Why am I even trying? <laughs> yeah. So in 1989, Selena joined EMI Records. She suddenly had a major record company supporting her. And believed that she could appeal to a very wide audience, not just to Hano fans. So in 1991, her song called Buenos Amigos became a hit. Good friends. That's very good. <laughs> Thank you. 
Um, the song went to the num to number one on Billboard's Latin chart and introduced her to audiences throughout the United States. Mm. When her next hit song, Donde Quiero Que Estes, 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 Este, Este, E-S-T-E-S. Estes? Okay. Donde quiero que estés? What does that mean? Don't you know? Donde is a question. Yeah. Is where? Where. This is a fun game. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to know? I I took German and I never took Spanish. Yeah. So I really know where most people can figure things out. I cannot. Yep. And only the other week. Did I realize it's called Tres Leches Cake because it has three types of milk in it? <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> Genu- I knew how to... I knew the ingredients to make Tres Leches Cake. Sure. I just didn't ever connect it. <laughs> and I tweeted... You oh, wherever you are. Duh. I know that. I know that song. <laughs> <laughs> um, I tweeted that. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I, I was like, look at how stupid I am, tweet. And my friend Romy, mm-hmm. she was like, yeah, Spanish is difficult like that. <laughs> I was like, listen. <laughs> I get it. Oh, gosh. Romy, what a gem. <laughs> That's hilarious. Somebody please take this bitch down a peg or two. Tell her when she's wrong. <laughs> All the time. All the time. It's true. I can't be broken. though we try tell me i'm wrong i get stronger (laughs) okay donde donde quiera que estes excuse you which means wherever no we're not listen that was gonna be picked up on the mic it was we heard that phone go off everybody heard i just got a text (laughs) anyway so this song wherever you are Donde quiero que estes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Selena continued to grow in popularity and reach wider and wider markets for her music. <laughs> wider or wider? Oh! <laughs> Both. <laughs> Buzzing. Good job. Good Thanks. job. Despite her Ill- inability to speak Spanish, she quickly went on to rule the U.S. Billboard Regional Mexican Albums chart. With Entre a Mimundo, her second album that was released in 1992, sat at number one for eight consecutive months. Damn. Yeah. That's a long fucking time. That's almost a year. Lizzo, watch out. <laughs> I'm Actually, just... I think Rihanna has the longest run. She does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but still, that's, in- that's fucking crazy. Yeah. In 1992, for... For, like, a first-generation Mexican-American woman Mm -hmm. to be so young, to be in a genre that is mostly Spanish speakers, that is mostly men, to go, like, straight to the top and stay there for eight months Mm -hmm. is fucking wild. And that's not streaming numbers like it is. No, it sure ain't. That's like like people people calling into the radio station going, hey, can you play this song by Selena? Because I love it. Yeah. That's people buying records and tapes. Cassette tapes. 
cassette tapes. That's nuts. Yeah, that's so, it's crazy. Okay. Selena was flying high. She had secretly been dating her sexy new bandmate. Um, yeah. <laughs> Very scandalous. Her father was not pleased. Mm-hmm. He thought that this boyfriend would keep Selena from achieving her dreams and was basically going to just take advantage of her. The couple was caught canoodling on the bus and her sister Suzette ratted them out. <clears throat> Snitch! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this caused the newest member of the band to be fired. Aww. So on April 2nd, 1992, in spite of her father's disapproval, Selena eloped with her lead guitarist, 22-year-old Christopher Perez. So they ran away and got married. Romantic. So romantic. It's so... It's, it just seems very sweet and innocent and just like butterflies and rainbows and first love. Mm-hmm. And it's really genuinely like heartwarming yeah. that they had this like passion and a little bit of, you know, there's some yeah. lust sprinkled in there, but there's also like big goo goo hearts in their eyes. And it's just really sweet. Let's see. Eventually. <laughs> he is a good one. Mm. He's a good one. Oh, he's, yeah. He's a good husband. He's not one of the shitty ones. Eventually, her father kind of came around and accepted Chris back into the band <laughs> and now also back into the family. Yeah, he better. Right? Like <laughs> an Abraham, calm down. She's a grown-ass woman. Exactly. Yeah, bro <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Let me explain that. <laughs> so, she, Danny said... Danny said, yeah, Broberham. Mm-hmm. So, there used to be a commercial. I don't remember which one it was. But it is two guys at the gym. And one's like, one is like, oh, brotato chip. Yeah. And, you know. I think the, I vaguely yeah, remember this. That one. And so, the other guy calls him Abraham Lincoln. Mm-hmm. And so, I was trying to do that to Danny one day. Could not remember Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> so it called her Broberham Lincoln. <laughs> and so now we, that often comes out, and I often, one of us usually will call the other Broberham Lincoln. <laughs> and so that's where that comes from, because I'm an idiot. <laughs> that's great. <sighs> okay. Where was I? Okay. Together, the newlyweds shared in the success and in Selena's growing popularity, particularly in Mexico. And in Mexico, she was called, quote, an artist for the people, which I thought was really lovely. Her father and brother were writing more international sounding music for her. So they were their roots in Tejano music. Mm -hmm. But. They could change up their styles. They did a little bit of R&B. They did a little more country, I guess Mm. you could call it. Yeah. They did a little more traditional. But they also started to bring in almost some Afro-Cuban and kind of not... uh, That's not the right word. Samba. Yeah. Like a little (laughs) bit of different... Like Latin, but different... From different places, right? Sorry I yelled samba into the (laughs) mic. (laughs) I just... (laughs) My 
the word came into my head and I had to say it before it left. <laughs> Samba is the name of one of the black cats that Stephen Ray Morris's girlfriend has. Stephen Ray Morris from the my per fa- cat. From the percast. Oh, the percast. And my favorite murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fucking love Stephen. Anyway, he mm-hmm. he's else he's always posting pictures. Mm-hmm. The percast is always posting pictures of Samba. Mm-hmm. And I just think he's he looks like a little panther. He's <laughs> cute. Anyway. Samba. Um so these new songs were not only popular in Mexico, but also began to be heard throughout the United States and in South and Central America. So they've really taken, you know, this traditional sort sounding music and it's just kind of blown up all over North and South America and everywhere in between these. The size of the audiences at her shows swelled. Ooh, I don't like that word. You wrote it. Grew. They grew. <laughs> In February of 1994, more than 60,000 people saw her perform in Houston at the Astrodome. And a month later, her album, Selena Live, won a Grammy Award for the Best Mexican-American Album. Selena's growing fame also increased record sales. In July 1994, Selena released Amor Prohibido. Forbidden Love. Forbidden very good or prohibited love (laughs) more like (laughs) tomato tomato um and it sold more than one million copies (laughs) it was the top selling latin album of the year and earned album of the year at the tejano music awards sahilana oh my god (laughs) i don't know i don't know how do you i just woke up (laughs) everybody (laughs) Selena was a household name, and she toured all through the United States, Mexico, Argentina, Puerto Rico, and the Dominican Republic. All over. Everywhere. Okay. Not only did she have an incredible voice, Selena also had a keen eye for fashion. She designed all of her own costumes and performance ensembles as well as created looks for her, like, whole band. Mm-hmm. She had a very distinctive look and always sported a bold red lip. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Love I know. Love <laughs> Don't we all? While working her way to the top of the charts, she also designed and began manufacturing a clothing line. Hmm. She opened two boutiques called Selena Etc., <laughs> which That's I, cool. I like that. it's very fun that offered her fashionable styles and also provided in-house beauty salons oh so these little boutiques were like an all-in-one go in get your hair did get your nails did etc 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 everything everything you can imagine also like one of the things that played have you ever seen the movie yeah. Selena? Okay. Mm-hmm. Who hasn't, right? If you haven't, is anyone... <gasps> Danny! Oh my god! You haven't seen the movie? I know it was sad and I didn't watch it. It's so good. Oh my, oh my god. god. I can't even Danny's look at her right for now. today. <laughs> oh, don't do that. No, oh, she's making a sad face. Yeah, I don't care. We still love... <laughs> I still love you. Well... If you're like Danny and you never watched it, you should. Mm-hmm. There's a, 
there's a big part of Selena's life that her father, Abraham Sr., wanted Mm -hmm. to control. Mm Mm-hmm. He had a lot of control or tried to exert control over her music and her dancing Mm -hmm. and her ensembles. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes. Her love life. Her love life. Just. He was a show mom. He was a show mom, which I get (laughs) up till a certain point because she did. Mm -hmm. She started very young. She needed guidance. You know, she needed a parent and a manager. Yeah. Preferably not the same person. But sometimes that happens. But you get to a certain point and it's like, no, she's an adult. She can choose if she wants to wear this Mm -hmm. studded bustier on stage (laughs) because she's a grown-ass woman and she can make that decision. Yeah. That's a big dynamic that's played out in the movie. Yeah. Um, And so I think her, like, creating her own fashion line making her own costumes was very much a big F you and was like, I'm a woman. I'm going to do what I want. I want to look fabulous. Selena was often compared to other artists such as Madonna, Janet Jackson, and Mariah Carey. Mm -hmm. Goddesses. She was excited to make an album in English, her first language, for the first time, Mm -hmm. um, so that she could have the same kind of success that they did. Mm Mm-hmm. In December of 1993, Selena was moved to a record company that made mostly English language records. She began recording songs for a new album and continued performing for her adoring fans. Unfortunately, Selena would not live long enough to see that record success. On March 31st, 1995, Selena met with Yolanda Saldivar, who was a friend, the president of her fan club. She was the agent, like, for her boutiques and stuff. She met with her about a financial dispute. Mm-hmm. Tempers flared. Yolanda pulled a gun from her purse, and as Selena attempted to flee, Yolanda shot her in the back. With that one shot, Selena's short life was ended. Millions of people mourned her death, and with this attention, she became even more famous. Mm-hmm. Dreaming of You, despite not quite being finished, was released in July 1995 and debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 chart, becoming the first album by a Hispanic artist to ever and the first posthumous release from a solo artist to do so. Mm-hmm. In its first week, it sold 331,000 copies, making her only the third female artist to ever sell over 300,000 units in one week. (sighs) The album was a huge hit and sold more than a million copies. It was exactly the successful record that Selena had always hoped for. Mm Mm-hmm. Her funeral viewing was attended by 60,000 mourners, many of whom had traveled from outside the U.S. She's buried in Seaside Memorial Park in Corpus Christi, Texas. At the Houston Astrodome, a place where she often performed, she was honored with a huge memorial concert. Whew. All right. 
Selena's murder had a widespread impact and the news struck the Hispanic community extremely hard. Reactions to her death were compared to those following the deaths of musicians John Lennon, Elvis Presley, and President Kennedy. Major television networks interrupted their regular programming to break the news, and her death was front-page news in the New York Times for two days. Many vigils and memorials were held in her honor, and radio stations in Texas played her music nonstop. An issue of People magazine was released several days after her, after her murder. However, the publishers believed interest would soon wane, but they were wrong. They then released a commemorative issue within a week, and the issue sold more than a million copies, selling the entire first and second print runs within two weeks. Wow. So people were like, this is fucking important. It shook the world. Mm-hmm. It became a collector's item, a first in the history of people. This would happen again a mere two years later when Princess Diana died. Mm-hmm. So it was, like I said, it shook the world. Like, people could not believe that this happened. Mm-hmm. Because Selena, she she trusted Yolanda. Mm-hmm. They did business together. They were friends. They had presumably a good relationship. Yeah. And and it was just an absolute tragedy. Yeah. I said it right And it was like time. shocking. Yeah. And like she was so young. She was she was a baby. And she was so she charming. She was as old as you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she was so charming and nice and like you couldn't imagine the person who would do that exactly. to somebody who was so beautiful and and, love and spirit and Mm -hmm. soul and everything absolutely it's it's just devastating yeah in her short 23 years selena was ever present and proud to be part of the latino community selena used her voice to help others she volunteered at homeless shelters was an advocate for domestic violence survivors and planned and performed at fundraising events for aids patients Victims of Hurricane Andrew, and at the Teach the, Chil- the Children Festival. The Queen of Tejano broke barriers and redefined Latin music. Selena was inducted into the Billboard Latin Music Hall of Fame, the Hard Rock Cafes Hall of Fame, and the South Texas Music Hall of Fame. Oh, excuse me, and the Tejano Music Hall of Fame. In 2017, she received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. The unveiling ceremony of the star was attended by around 4,500 fans, which was the largest ever crowd for an unveiling ceremony at the Walk of Fame. In the years since her passing, Selena's memory has been kept alive in ways both big and small. Two years after her death, a biopic produced by the Quintanilla family and Warner Brothers, released in theaters, with a relatively unknown Jennifer Lopez. The film was both a commercial and critical success and is widely credited for helping J-Lo like, jumpstart her, jump her career and become an icon. And then I put, fun fact, the movie Selena was the first time I'd ever seen J-Lo. Yeah. Mm. That's not the case with me, but yeah, yeah. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> there is now... A musical Mm -hmm. 
an annual music festival. She has, Selena has a wax figure at Madame Tussauds in Hollywood. There was a limited edition MAC Cosmetics makeup line. Mm -hmm. There's an exhibit at the National Museum of American History about her. And next year, so in 2020, Netflix is going to release a biographical TV series about her life called Mm -hmm. Selena the Series. And the woman who's playing Selena is Christian Serratos, Mm -hmm. who is currently... She's on The Walking Dead. She Mm. plays Rosita. I think I know who that is. Yeah, she plays Rosita on The Walking Dead. You can watch the trailer for it. Mm -hmm. It looked... Oh, I got shivers. I got the chills. (laughs) And she's... Like, there's not a lot in the trailer. It's Mm -hmm. a very short trailer. But it's, like, her with her, like, Selena fringe. Yeah. Putting on her, you know bold gorgeous red lipstick and i was just like oh gosh (laughs) it looks like it's gonna be really really good yeah so that is the that's the story of selena and it was she's shown very very brightly but too short far too short yeah i first saw the movie selena Mm -hmm. i think i was in school yeah I think they played it, like, when there was a substitute there. Really? Yeah. And oh. it was very sad. And then I have a distinct memory of me laying on the top of my bunk bed. And <laughs> I'm Dreaming of You. Or uh-huh. what that... What, I don't know what the title of Dreaming of You, yeah. Yeah. That came on and I cried. Oh. I weeped like a baby. I yep. didn't understand it. <laughs> no. My... Anybody who knows me well enough knows that I am just waterworks like Mm -hmm. drop of a hat i cried about the fish video that you showed us the other day (laughs) the fish video she's talking about is harry styles music video adore you (laughs) with the cgi fish that he takes good care of Mm -hmm. i wept about that yeah i just i cry very easily i have Mm -hmm. a lot of feelings that i don't know what to do with (laughs) (laughs) because i'm a scorpio (laughs) and they just everything comes out as water from my face (laughs) but when when that move when selena came out and it was probably on tbs Mm -hmm. and i we sat and watched it and yeah just i broke the movie yeah. broke me. It was, it's really, really beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I really like that Warner Brothers did this film, but her family was involved in it. So it's not salacious. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, a bunch of fiction. It's very, very close to, like, things that actually happened in her life and how things transpired. And, yeah. So it's yeah. just really beautiful. But my sister... Funny part of this story, we're getting there, <laughs> is that my sister knew that dreaming of you just would break me. So I would be sitting there doing homework, and out of nowhere, my sister, who sings beautifully, would come up behind me and be like, Cause I'm dreaming of you tonight. And I'd be like, Oh, oh God. <laughs> Like, it would just hit a nerve, and then immediate tears. Yeah. Yeah. 
music speaks to my soul in a very deep way mm-hmm. and it makes me cry all the time <laughs> i have a question tell me was selena pregnant when she died no no okay i feel like that was a thing in the movie no are you positive i mean i can google it <laughs> but i feel like there would Take have been out. a mention of that i she was going to try her and her husband just decided they wanted to have kids. Okay. That's what I just read. Okay. When I Googled it. Also, isn't Yolanda out of prison now? <gasps> she better not be. She might be. I think she... I mean, it was 30 years ago. Yeah. I think... Because I think she was... Or she was like up... F- Sorry, I'm just adding a bunch of... No, I didn't even... I didn't even want to think about her, so I just... No. She's not. Okay. She will be eligible for parole on March 30th, 2025. Okay. So did that come up? She was sentenced to life imprisonment. She was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole. So I think in 2025, that'll be, what, 30 years. In 2000, okay. March this year, she requested a new trial. Oh. Yeah. Oh! Sorry. No. Yeah. Because I just remember recently hearing about Yolanda. Um, I didn't know that. I was trying. Yeah. I, was, I was like, mm, don't care. Don't. Yeah. No, she's. No. <laughs> yeah. Who are you talking about this week? I'm going to talk about Elizabeth Shergrew, also known as Lady Betty. Don't know who that is. My sources today. IrishCentral.com, IrishWomanHistory.com, and IrishExaminer.com. I'm glad I didn't do an Irish person last night. <laughs> Were you looking at an Irish am, person? Yeah. That's why I asked where, <laughs> where oh, the that's person right. you was did. From. Well, I didn't answer you because I didn't know. I was still planning on doing someone else. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, get, I'll jump right into this. Okay. Elizabeth Shergrew was born in 1750 in County Kerry, Ireland. As is common for a lot of the more historical women that we cover, we don't know much about her childhood mm-hmm. or her early life. Mm. Where we are coming into her life story uh-huh. is ex- tragedy. Great. Picking up <laughs> off of your tragedy, we're going right into mine. <laughs> her story starts in the second half of the 18th century when she was newly widowed after the passing of her husband. She was a destitute farmer with two young sons and desperately wanted a better life. So, she left the town of County Kerry with her two young boys and walked over 300 uh, kilometers, a.k.a. 186.411 miles. That's too many miles. Get a carriage. (laughs) (laughs) She was poor. She couldn't. All right. She only had her Lamborghinis. She didn't walk. Get out of here. I can't fucking handle you. Danny is dying. <laughs> that's my sister Kyla says that a, one of her friends said it a lot. <laughs> so that's where I got that. That's very cute. Anyways, she took her Lamborghinis to Roscommon, <laughs> Ireland, mm-hmm. another town. No one knows why she picked there specifically, but she settled there. Okay. Unfortunately for her, on the journey towards a better life, one of her sons died of starvation along the way. Oh. So this meant that only her and her eldest son, Patrick, but spelt the Irish way, mm. reached this new place with new opportunities. And Patrick, the Irish way, is spelt P-A-D-R-A-I, sometimes G, sometimes C. 
there's a lot anyways just to be clear on that is that it's that gaelic i spell all sorts of weird things <laughs> but it's funny okay side note when we were in scotland mm-hmm. all the road signs are in like english mm-hmm. and in gaelic mm-hmm. but a lot of the words if you were to say the english the english way mm-hmm. but say it with a really heavy like scottish accent you're like Okay, I can kind of see how you would, like, sound it out and write it that way. Mm-hmm. It's still very confusing. <laughs> very long words. <laughs> yeah. Okay. A lot of... Yeah. Yeah. A lot of things. S's make a shh yeah. sound. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Elizabeth and Patrick took up shelter in an old shack and were surviving by scavenging and begging from the gentry of the town. And then when Patrick was old enough to work, he sort of did and provided for them. Hmm. During this time, Betty became a recluse. As one does. Yes. According to Sir William Robert Wilde, Oscar Wilde's father. Oh, okay. (laughs) Who claims that he was, quote, perfectly acquainted with her during her long residence in Roscommon. Mm -hmm. He claims that Elizabeth had a violent temper. And this temper was mostly directed towards her son. Because she was a recluse, so she would only see him. Yeah. Yeah. Patrick threatened to leave many times, but she always begged him to stay with her. However, the begging did not work in April 1775 after a particularly harsh, violent fit, and he left. Mm. Some sources claim he enlisted in the army. Others claim that he emigrated to the U.S. Regardless of where he went, he left Elizabeth, and it devastated her. I'm going between Elizabeth and Betty. That's (laughs) okay. Um, We know who you're talking about. Thanks. Brokenhearted, Elizabeth became even more of a reclusive hermit, only going out to get food from the inn where Patrick used to work. So they would give her food sometimes, I guess. She supported herself by allowing lodgers to stay at her place when the inn was full for just a few pennies a night because it wasn't, Mm. she didn't run a five-star hotel. They're like, look, I got a stable. There's a manger. You want to have a baby in it? Let's do this. Maybe some three That's wise men actu- will come. Right? Exactly. <laughs> That's actually where Jesus was born. <laughs> in Elizabeth Shergrews. <laughs> yep. In her, Shack in, in Roscommon, Ireland. That's right. I believe it. <laughs> okay. And she also regularly received uh, letters and money from her son. So he didn't completely abandon her. Yeah. He, he was, was just like, I gotta be somewhere where you're not. Right. Space... I'll- was good for the relationship. It always is. <laughs> <laughs> but this interaction wasn't enough for her. The mm-hmm. letters weren't enough. And she was still upset with him. In his letters to his mother, it is believed that Patrick told her that he had joined the Continental Army in New York. Or had ended up in New York. And then, quote, in parentheses, I put New Amsterdam. No reason. that It was called New York at that time. <laughs> <laughs> this new enrollment would take him further west into the wilderness of the New World. He assured his mother that he would write as often as he could, but being that far, it's not likely she would be hearing from him. Mm -hmm. As the letters and support from him became infrequent, she became extremely bitter. She believed that he would probably never return home, and that broke her. The life of wretchedness and desolation had crushed Betty's spirit further, leaving her cold, emotionless, and slightly insane. Oh, (laughs) okay. I feel like this is going to go uphill very quickly. Downhill? 
tomato, tomato. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> it's gonna get crazy. You're correct. Okay. In 1789, a man knocks on her door. Knock, knock, knock. Knock, knock. Asking for lodging. <laughs> Please, sir. <laughs> Please, mum. <laughs> <laughs> he claimed that the inn was full and that this was the only place he could stay. Mm-hmm. So, he was a tall gentleman with a full black beard and was wearing when was dressed in a long coat. And apparently, this coat screamed wealth. This man had money. Oh. I was going to say, it sounds like it screamed murder, because no. he sounds like a creep. No. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> Not only did it scream wealth, his purse full of money screamed wealth. <laughs> when Ooh. he got into the house, forward slash shack, forward slash hut, <laughs> forward slash hovel, <laughs> Betty told him that she had no food to give him. He laid a piece of gold on the table and asked Elizabeth to get food for the both of them with it. And then this is when she actually spotted his fat wallet. Oh, She was okay. like, man has money. Mm-hmm. And she's poor. Yep. Think about that. As she went out into the night and purchased bread, meat, eggs, and spirits, she was able to think more about this man's status, <laughs> and it pissed her off. I bet it did. She came back, they ate, and he went to bed. Remember that violent temper? <laughs> I do. And she lost a bit of her sanity. Remember that? Yep. Well, she's sitting by the fire, drinking some tea. Complimenting her many years of sorrow, hardship, and destitution. <laughs> and she's even more upset than she was when she was buying all this stuff for Oh, this yeah. She's had some time to stew in it now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She thought, this is unfair. That stranger has everything and I have nothing. So, while he slept, she took a knife, <clears throat> went into his room, <clears throat> murdered him, and then robbed him. Of course she did. <laughs> she's like, look at this fancy <laughs> coat I got. <laughs> I'm a <laughs> except selfish just for her. <laughs> she wasn't giving it to everybody. <laughs> she was not Robin. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Money, 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 money. Is this gonna be turn is this gonna turn into a more money, more problems kind of situation? No, you just listen up. Okay. This is gonna take a turn that I could not believe. Okay. <laughs> Okay, but before I get into that, some people don't believe that this was the first person she killed and claim that she'd been killing people for years. Oh. But that was never proven. This is the first confirmed murder. First confirmed murder. However, others maintain that this was her first murder okay. and like her only murder. Kind of. Mm. I don't really know what to think, honestly, but I'll ask you how you feel afterwards. Okay. Whatever. Back to the stranger. Okay. She's rifling through his stuff, looking for more valuable items. Should I repeat that? Because I hit the mic. (laughs) She's rifling through his stuff, looking for more valuable items, and comes across his paperwork and identification. Oh, no. Funny, she thought. My long-lost son's name is Patrick Sherbrew. (gasps) And then it hits her. It's her son's name and handwriting on all of these documents. Because the stranger was her son. Oh my god! (laughs) In his writings, Sir William Wilde suggests that Betty's son did not reveal his true identities to his mom straight away Mm -hmm. because he wanted to see if she had mellowed out and that if it was safe for him to come back and live with her. He got the answer when he was being (laughs) stabbed to death. (laughs) Oh my gosh! She in fact did not mellow out. Struck by grief. 
she ran screaming and weeping into the early morning on in the road and was just announcing her crime. She was like, I killed my son. Uh. Oh my god. <laughs> uh. That's exactly That's how impression. she sounded. <laughs> One of her neighbors, hearing her wails of pain and anguish, rushed to her hovel and saw the cause of her screams. A, a dead body. The dead guy. The dead yeah. body. Her Shh. dead son. Yes. Holy moly. <laughs> she was arrested and in prison in Roscommon Jail to await trial for murder, and she was sentenced to a public hanging. Oh. It's not over yet. You, you buckle up. Okay. I'm buckled. The morning of her public execution arrives. Her and 25 others mm-hmm. make their way to the Ros- Roscommon goal. Gale. It's a, the gallows. Okay. It's a yeah. prison. <laughs> Uh, the gallows at Roscommon had, quote, the longest drop in Ireland. Oh, no. Oh, I don't like that at all. <laughs> it was a permanent fixture, fixture, mm-hmm. a wooden structure rising to the third floor of the grim mm. gray prison. And so it was a completely unobstructed view okay. as they fell to their deaths and oh. were to be hanged. Oh, God. Bleak. Speaking of hangings and grim facts, you okay. know, I love those founding fathers. Uh-huh. There was a conversation between two of the founding fathers, I forget their names, before they signed the Constitution, mm-hmm. or not the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence. Okay. And it was like, they're going to be hanged. Like, yeah. This was a crime they were committing. Yes. And a fat guy leaned over to one of the skinnier founding fathers and was like, at least I'm going to have a quick death. You're going to sit there and hang for a bit. <gasps> oh my God! <laughs> And that's our founding fathers. Back to this. <laughs> wow. Those due to be hanged. So it was her and 25 other people. They were sheep stealers, cattle rustlers, shoplifters, and, quote, white boys. And white boys were teenagers who had torn down fences and hedges surrounding what had once been common land that had been privatized. So they were protesters, uh-huh. essentially. Um, and some of these, quote, white boys mm-hmm. were literally children. And then there was one murderer, Elizabeth. <laughs> She's the only one who committed, like, she committed essentially a felony. Everyone else could have gotten a little slap on the hand. Yeah. For a, a slap on the wrist. What, are the, what do you slap? Wrist? <laughs> I think. the, cl- the Slap w- on the wrist, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Slap on the wrist. Yeah. Slap on the hand. It's the Cuffs wrist. Get, slap on the wrist. Yeah. Cuffs get slapped on the wrist. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> I can't express this enough. Okay. So, essentially, they're all doing petty crimes, misdemeanor, hooligan things. Mm-hmm. She straight up murdered her son to steal all his shit. Mm-hmm. But they're all getting hanged? Yes. Boy, I thought the criminal justice system was bad today. <laughs> my, my next paragraph starts with... On the appointed day for the executions, a huge crowd gathered to see the punishment because in the olden days, people were sick fucks. Amen. And most of their ire was directed at Elizabeth because she was the only one who murdered. Like, she committed the most heinous act of all of them. The prisoners were led out to the gallows in chains and they were greeted with yelling and curses and hisses. Uh, a, and a pistol had to be fired to calm the gra- uh, to calm the crowd because it was so rowdy. Oh my goodness! As everyone was waiting for these hangings, they realized that the hangman wasn't there. Oh, 
he had called in sick to work. (laughs) (laughs) But actually, he probably sympathized with the white boys and didn't want to hang them. He was like, these are children. I'm going to hell if I do this. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. I can't come in today. I'm feeling real under the weather, boss. (laughs) (laughs) It's really funny to think about, like, everything is a job, and people can call in sick to, like, everything. (laughs) Isn't that wild? Hangman. Yeah. However, let's put the execution in a rough spot. The sheriff and his deputy, quote, men of refinement, education, humanity, and sensibility, did not fancy the job of murder. (laughs) Oh, I fucking see. They were like, well, I don't want to do it. Exactly. (gasps) So it looked like these people weren't going to be hanged. But there was this huge mob of people, like, foaming at the mouth. Yeah. Ready to see somebody (laughs) hang. And so they were ready for a riot. Yeah. But nobody wanted to do the executions. Yeah. It was rough. Okay. Enter Elizabeth the murderer. She called out to the sheriff, offering to be a substitute for the hangman. No. Sheriff agreed. No. <laughs> intending, he just intended to push her ed- execution to later. Betty was freed from her shackles to the amazement of the crowd. She carried out the hangman's work <gasps> on the remaining 25 convicts. <gasps> Unmasked and undisguised, Lady Betty, as she was known by, went ahead and hung the 25. 20- and hanged, sorry, hanged 25 men and children, not showing a shred of emotion. Afterwards, she was escorted back to the jail, her expression grim and unemotional. Explain my face right now. Shocked. <laughs> I flabbergasted. What? The breath taken away from her. I. <laughs> Indescribable. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. Okay. Okay. Please continue. Elizabeth was then chosen by the sheriff as the replacement no. hangman after the other one died shortly after. Oh, so he really was sick. He wasn't just probably. Oh, <laughs> maybe. No, it's on the fence. Th- that does not fucking matter. I can't believe I'm addressing his illness, whether it's fake or real. <laughs> she got a job. Yes. Oh and turns God. out she was perfect for the job. Because she's a crazy. (laughs) She was allowed secure lodgings in the jail with permanent employment. And some even say that she was given a salary. No. For her own safety, she was unable to venture out into the town because she was still guilty of murder and people were mad. Um, But she could just sort of do what she wanted in the prison because she was now essentially an employee, but also still a convict. Like, that's where she was. Weird in between. Uh Uh-huh. Apart from her role as executioner, she also officiated public floggings, tasks that were port- that were reportedly carried out with zeal. Oh, my- she loved it. At her recommendation, the gallows were moved from the square to outside of her room, to the left of the building as you look up from the square, like where it used to be. Prisoners would have to crawl through her window ready noosed, like already with the noose around their mm-hmm. necks, onto a platform supported by a beam and a pulley. Betty would then slide back the bolt and release the trap door, sending them to their deaths. All from the comfort of her room. I literally cannot. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. She worked <laughs> she worked proficiently and swiftly at her duties, gaining the reputation of, quote, the woman from hell. I can't 
she's pulling the lever to kill these men from her lazy boy. Yes. I can't. I can't <laughs> deal. She's got a novel in one hand, the pulley in the other, and she's like, crank it. Mm-hmm. Turn the page. Yep. Or you oh, know what else she would do besides God. sitting there, jolly old time, using a charcoal or like a burnt stick. On the walls of her room, <gasps> she drew sketches of the hundreds of people that she would hang. Oh my fucking God. So can you imagine being one of the people sentenced no. to being hanged for stealing a, a cow? Like, that's the kind of thing. Or a fucking loaf of bread. Right. They would walk into Betty's room, see all the charcoal drawings of other people she's killed, crawl out of her window onto the gallows, and then be hanged. I just, I don't have words. <laughs> oh my god. There was a significant drop in executions in Roscommon Jail in the coming years, and Betty requested semi-retirement, and it was granted. In 1802, her own sentence was commuted to life imprisonment, because up until then, they were like, eh, we'll kill you at some point as right? soon as we get this replacement guy. Oh my gosh. Um... And it was commuted because <laughs> it was commuted in recognition of her service to the safety of the public. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, Ireland. This is bad. <laughs> when she died in 1807 of natural causes, Lady Be- Betty was buried in an unmarked grave inside of the prison. And that is the story of Elizabeth Shergrew, Ireland's first and only female executioner. I cannot even. <laughs> wow. Period. That's all I got. I told you that it ended happy, but I ended up being more sarcastic. She, her life turned around for the good. I mean, <laughs> it did. She had a, she had a great job. Mm-hmm. Stable housing. Stable housing. Uh, uh, you know, some income. Mm-hmm. She was given food. I cannot believe that. That is some <laughs> wild shit. I heard of her because in one of the mini-sodes of My Favorite Murder, uh-huh. she was just sort of brought up in one of the short stories like somebody had sent okay. in. And I was like, I don't believe it. This is not true. I need to fact check this. And I read it. And sure enough. Sure as shit. She was hired as the first Ireland's first and only female executioner because she killed her son. <laughs> oh my gosh. She was just completely off her tits. Yeah. She's wow. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't have anything to say to that. That is just wild. I had to tell somebody. In the worst way. <laughs> I have to like I Somebody had to know this story. Everybody has to know this Thank story. Thank you so much for this story. That is just, that is just nuts. Yeah. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Yeah. And apparently in like the Western world, mm-hmm. there's only been a few female executioners, but yeah. she's the only one who served for a long period of time. That's, that's just insane. Can you? No. I mean, if honest, honestly, if you're a sociopath and like have a tendency to want to kill people, executioner is for you. Apparently. Apparently. 
well, everyone. <laughs> Wild ride start to finish. Yeah. <laughs> that is unfucking believable. Man. Every time I think there isn't something that I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, she did this. Or, oh, yeah, she she also was a lady pirate. Or, you know. <laughs> and you got this woman. <laughs> lady Betty. She's just just in a she's just in a lane all her own <laughs> god damn i needed everybody to know about her thank you so much <laughs> thank you that's a collective thank you from all of us you're welcome you. that's great wait a what a way to start the new year <laughs> happy 2020 everyone <laughs> Well, <laughs> that's that. So, we get, wrap it up? Should we wrap it up? Yeah. Because do I don't have anything else to say. You should... So, do you see this hole in my shirt? Yeah. I've had this shirt since 2003. Oh, wow. Yeah. 2003. What was I doing in 2003? I Suckling. <laughs> <laughs> It seemed right. I'm sorry I said that, everyone. I can't believe you dragged me like that. <laughs> uh, ooh. I can't believe that word came out of my mouth. <laughs> it's natural and beautiful, but awkward to say on on, on, on a podcast. Um, Anybody else hot? I got the underboob sweats. <laughs> Well, on that note, please rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Wherever you're listening. Yep. And follow us on all of our social medias. Mm-hmm. We're on the Facebook and Instagram at that Broad Scott Moxie. And we tweet at Broad Scott Moxie. Mm-hmm. And if you want to tell us anything. Please do. Please do at our email address. <laughs> ThatBroadScottMoxie at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Happy New Year. Mm, bye. Bye. Music by Sage Krenning. Cover art by Vinny Navarrete. Produced and edited by Danielle Barsanti. Side effects of listening to this podcast may include excessive moxie, zero tolerance for the patriarchy, sass mouth, excessive sweating, tipsy tittering, desire to stick into the metaphorical man, fear of cats, empowering women, clammy hands and feet, the inability to do math, lack of patience for the bullshit, thirst for knowledge, questioning the system, cravings for bougie chicken, vodka, and justice, and in some cases can cause death on hills.